0: social unrest the state and the white house you are listening to the john DePietro show you're listening to the john DePietro show it's am 1380 99.9 fm you can always listen online at the website depietro.com. well good morning one and all it is wednesday uh, a little bit of a rainy day. I'm sure the whole business of the April showers bring May flowers. This portion of the program brought to you by Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They're open today. Make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence, where everything is baked fresh. Why not stop in right now? Right off at of Silver Spring Street next to AAA in Providence. It's Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Delicious calzones, sausage and pepper, they also have uh, delicious cupcakes, the most delicious donuts, Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Where coffee is free for members of the military and also law enforcement. Ron's Pastry Gourmet make it a great day at Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Well, folks, um, a little bit later in the program, first of all, a couple of things on this on this Wednesday. Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee he's going to have a press briefing today. Now I I have a conflict. I wish I could attend it. I cannot, but he's going to attempt to try to do just a normal press briefing the problem for rhode island governor dan mckee is he is the subject of an fbi probe and we've kind of seen this before where they say you know we're going to put it behind us we're just going to say i can't talk about it but i want to talk about x y and z whatever it is uh giving out money to something or something uh as foolish as a new state license plate or things like that so he wants to you know we're moving on we're not going to let that sideline us Uh, we're going to see it remains to see if it can be successful what i am hearing now is there was a tremendous amount of communication uh and therefore as far as the fbi looking into this this is not a matter of sometimes they're investigating an alleged crime or wrongdoing and there could be limited communication now what i've been told is there's plenty plethora of emails of text messages and you know what they what they want to do is ask people okay? When you sent this email, saying you spoke to so and so, and they said this, um, where did is that? Where did that come from? Or when you text this to this person, where where did that come from? And from, from what I understand, there's definitely um, a narrative that is emerging that shows there was heavy involvement. And I want to remind people that the FBI just doesn't pick up any case. Um to be honest with you, and I know this almost sounds like a, a negative, but they really only pick up cases that they believe they can win and that they have uh, overwhelming evidence on. So this has to do with a contract that was awarded. And Rhode Island Governor Dan McKee, he can claim, you know, we didn't have to award it in a contract form. We didn't have to put it out to bid. We could have just awarded it, but they didn't do that, right there 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 are laws. This was federal money. uh you're not talking. You know, short money. We're not talking like five grand, ten grand. Uh, This was a five million dollar contract, and you know, from what I understand, there's again the FBI, the investigators. They want to go through. They want to have a timeline of what the communication was at certain times, how it was being altered, what communications were taking place. There was the governor himself was part of these, some of these email chains he he can't claim he didn't know about it because then he's even quoted in that famous email saying how many millions are we talking about so uh i i have heard and we're going to find out that that there's certainly belief that as a result of this and and maybe someone said something they didn't need to maybe someone said hey and you know if we get this believe me we're going to do a big fundraiser we're going to make sure everybody donates i you know uh, those those are things that need to be explained but from what i understand there's there's a tremendous amount of communication and and let's a lot of times when there's i, I and i don't want people to understand the wrong word if I, when i use the word conspiracy but many times when there is kind of a conspiracy people are getting together to conspire to in this case it was put specs a certain way so that someone could get the contract almost like a rigged contract uh, even though the governor could say oh no i was trying to help them out and i was brand new and they were brand new uh but it was all still executed and then they did receive a contract for for five million uh but but there there's you know you want to have someone explain when you sent this email you claimed that this was the information you had and that's why you sent the email when you sent this text message uh and you said you know hey so and so i just spoke with this person and they said do the following can you tell us about that conversation was it in person was it on the phone who else was there do you have some notes from that so i i fully get that rhode island governor dan mckee he feels like i can't believe this is happening gina raimondo left he became the governor not only the governor he was given basically two billion dollars to spend over 1.1 billion in covid money unbelievable windfall unprecedented in the history of the state and then also close to 700 million in um in just surplus and again uh, keep in mind none of it going back to the taxpayers all being done for projects in order to harvest for more votes so i am seeing a lot of the unions are coming out with endorsements why well governor mckee's throwing them boatloads of project that are no bid contracts The unions get to do it they get to do the school construction they get to do the electrical for it so he's filling their coffers and then in exchange for that they're pumping campaign money to him and then they're giving him endorsements everybody wants the party to roll along the problem is this is a cloud and it becomes a movable fluid situation things come out so it sure seems that governor mckee is trying to get back to business as usual he feels he has You know, when they say this or ask this, you just say A, B, and C. So he's going to have his notes. They're going to practice it. They ask about FBI. You say, blah blah blah. We did everything. I I was doing it for the best interest of the taxpayers. Other than that, there's nothing I can say. But the problem is going to be, as I said, this becomes a a fluid situation. You're going to learn about different people. There could be a federal grand jury. Just the fact they're taking it up because there was federal money does not bode well a big advantage that governor mckee has right now is that no one running for governor for whatever reason are really banging him over the head about it so we have that we'll also give you the latest on what's going on in the war day 42 for the war it's all ahead right here on the john DePietro show A problem with your heating system call re coogan heating today 401-732-6562 24-hour emergency service Gas boiler, oil burner, Coogan Heating, 401-732-6562. They're helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Explore their services. Look for them on Facebook, and the website is com. Residential services, as Koogie says, let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Plumbing, heating, and cooling from winter to summer. Trained technicians provide 100% service one customer at a time service calls maintenance agreements installation re coogan heating proud to help residential customers and they pride themselves making customer service and satisfaction a top priority call them today now it's cold it's going to remain cold call coogan heating today 401-732-6562 it's coogie it's 24-hour emergency service hey not long ago our hot water tank gave out what did i do did i panic did i try to fix it i called coogan heating 401-732-6562 look for them on facebook and then the website is re coogan for the john dipetro show weekdays we start at 11 we go until 2 p.m monday through friday it's a.m 1380 99.9 fm although you can listen online at the website as many do which is to petro.com. Folks, joining us right now, he is a columnist of the Boston Globe. It is Dan McGowan. And uh, Dan, I'd like to start off. I want to give you credit. You have, I believe, uh, drawn more attention to these giving meters. Uh, I want to set it up and just talk about it a little bit. This was something that anyone that really follows really gets into and understands the element of the homeless or the people that claim to be homeless. So it's really panhandling is what it is. Um, and, and the nature of it, when, when when mayor alorza rolled out this whole business of of these giving meters um for anyone that really understands the dynamic of it, it it was it was bound to fail but it it's and i give you so much credit for writing about it because it's it's really been and it gets for some reason a free pass from other members of of the business but it's been a just a tremendous colossal failure
1: yeah you know it's funny john because the as you know and we've talked about this a lot my you know my role has changed in journalism over the years. I'm now an opinion columnist so I get to be a little more kind of uh, you, you know sort of certainly give my opinion more I certainly get to you know uh, be a little more colorful with how I write things. but I will say going back to when I was you know straight just straight up reporting in in you know covering Providence City Hall for so many years, when they installed these giving meters four and a half years ago, I remember doing a li- sort of basic research because this wasn't it wasn't the, the uh, you know, he wasn't the first person ever to come up with such an idea. And you, you very clearly saw that these donation meters, these are the orange, uh, you know, parking, converted parking meters that you see all around the city. Um, that the city wants you to rather than give to panhandlers want you to either put your credit card in or donate change and they promise that will you know that they'll give uh, you know the money to social service organizations. It was very clear that it wasn't a particularly successful model anywhere in the country. Um, it, but the, the, the more important part of that was, you know, I wanted to really make sure, you know, you know, how much does this cost? Is it actually going to benefit anybody and come to find out four and a half years later, and I've tracked this, I actually have a calendar, uh, you know, item in my, uh, on my phone every year. I check on this just to see how much money they've gotten. And, you know, we're still four and a half years later, under $3,000 works out to, since they were installed a dollar 77 a day, that's total, not, not just per meter, a dollar, 77 a day that they've made on these things and more importantly they haven't donated a penny so Mm. they they, you know the the small amount that they got you know you could have you could roll this up and package it as hey sure we didn't get a lot of money uh but you know we're gonna take this money and then we're also gonna you know donate a hundred thousand dollars to crossroads or or there's always a way to, right. You know, take a negative story and turn it into a positive. They've done nothing. And, you know, to your point, I, I, I'm hesitant to call out sort of my colleagues in the media, but the mayor got a, you know, got a ton of coverage. I was there the day yeah. they announced this, you know, every television station, yeah. uh, you know, that they, they pitched it, they actively, you know, sought out coverage for these giving meters, and they've literally Done nothing to help the people they say they're claiming to help.
0: You know when um, I'm going to come back to and what this really stemmed from. It, it was several years ago. Was suddenly it, it was visible. It was a, it was a problem. It's still a problem, but of, of the visible panhandlers. Mm-hmm. And and damn it God, when The first time I encountered that was that I've tried. But I moved to New York City in, in 1990. And then when you're in New York, you know you're walking along, people. Hey, you have a couple bucks and that sort of thing. But then when you start to in my neighborhood i'd see the same individuals and they did have like assigned corners and and sometimes people regard regarded as like street art and and if they told a joke or if they complimented the person then they would give them money if they approached a guy with a girl and said boy look at that beautiful lady you're a lucky guy he would so what What you start to and i realized was the whole notion that he didn't understand is when you see someone at a red light or whatever and they rolled down the window and hand the money it's, it's because then that person, they think they feel better. They think they did something good. <laughs> it makes the person feel better. You're not helping that person. I'm not even sure they care that it then goes to, you know, they're buying booze or drugs, or whatever. So what is missing from the giving meter equation is it's, it's like it's the equivalent of putting money into a parking meter. And there's nothing, no good feeling about putting money into a parking meter.
1: Well, you, I mean, you just you know the other thing that, that you, you touched on this, you know, when you introduced this this topic. The thing that, if you talk to, and this is not being callous, this is not being, you know, uh, having no heart. If you talk to the people that understand homelessness and yes. addiction the most, they will tell you the panhandling problem is not a homelessness problem, it That's is an right. addiction problem, right? Yes, the, and and, and discourage it exactly. Yes. And, and, and that's and that's the thing that 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 this is not something that actually, you know, is is meant to, um, you know, to to help these people kind of get back on their feet. Um, and, you know, the, the one place where I where I have always given the mayor the benefit of the doubt. When he attempted to, you know, when he rolled out these, these giving meters, he also did a, you know, a a partnership with a a nonprofit that they provide kind of a mobile shower unit. I think that actually has been successful. Um, But the problem was, is that he wanted all this credit for putting in these giving meters. And... They, they've actually done nothing. And you're right. I mean, four and a half years later, aside from not doing anything, it's about to be, you know, it's starting to get warm again. You're going to see even more of this. And, uh, you know, I think the city probably has, needs to have a separate conversation about how to actually kind of support the organizations that do the work and try to help people as opposed to kind of these gimmicky uh, topics like giving meters.
0: You've uh, covered Mayor lorza again, folks. for are speaking with of Boston Globe. You've covered Mayor Alorza, uh for the entire term that he's been in office. In in this, is he checked out? Is he will they admit that that it was a failure? Is is this something that they're there and it'll really seemingly come up to the? It'll be the new mayor that'll take them out but yeah. are they just where are they in this it, going?
1: it's funny that this is the classic thing where never underestimate you've you've known this for your entire career never underestimate a politician's kind of stubbornness when he yes. when he faces criticism when he or she faces criticism a year ago did the exact same story like i said i do this every year uh and there was a decision made internally to uh kind of quietly remove uh the the giving meters they said okay it hasn't worked we'll remove it we'll you know we won't admit defeat but we'll just will not you know do it and i don't know if it was the mayor or if it was you know next in line or you know somebody in that office said no we're not giving the media you know the like the benefit of the doubt and creating sure. a story here we're not going to remove them we're just not going to do anything about it and oh. sure enough, a year later, you know, you, you've made they, they, in the last year they've made fifteen dollars total. Wow! Um, and, and so, you know, there was at least some thought of, okay, let's just call it quits. You know, no harm, no foul. At the end of the day, it's a one-day story if you remove all of them, right? All everyone would cover it, but then everybody would move on. Instead, right. they've 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 been you know fairly stubborn, and I will be honest, it, it does kind of aggravate me that. People, you can right now, you know, go go there, give a quarter or put your credit card in, give a dollar. And that money literally is just sitting in an account. It's, it's not enough to collect interest or anything, but they literally wow. haven't done anything to, uh, you know, to mm. uh, to benefit anybody fr- from these meters.
0: And DM McCown, one more final point on this. Also, as someone that... I'm not as in Providence as much as you are, but or have been, but I, I don't even know where they are. I see no effort from them to promote it. You would think that maybe every time there's a discussion on homelessness or winter times approaching, that he would you know come out and do the press conference. I want to remind people these are here. Uh, have someone high profile. Yep. There's no, you know, he could have said, uh, Ed Cooley's very popular in Providence. We're going to do a press conference and have, Coach Cooley, perhaps, or some of the players promote the the giving meters. What I think is is really egregious is there's zero effort on behalf of the Lord's administration to try to build awareness on it.
1: By the way, it's not just you know the, the the rollout when they did this originally. It wasn't just you know we. It, you're going to see these orange meters in the handful of places that are in the city. They they launched a website. It's called PVD Gives, wow. and so you could. In theory, you and I could log on right now and just donate oh. online. But you wouldn't know that because they never no. tell anybody. There are no billboards. You, you just nailed it. You, could you have it, someone like an Ed Cooley, you know, uh, promote it in, in Los Angeles? One thing they're doing and they're not having a ton of success in doing this either. But in Los Angeles, what they did was they went out and found, you know, sponsors like almost sponsoring part of the highway to say, hey, you know, pay 3000 bucks a year. This is your meter. and it, You know, the money will go to whatever good deed you want it to, to go to. You could have easily gone to the Rhode Island Foundation, uh, IGT, CVS, and said, sure. hey, give us two grand or something like that. Th- yep. there, there was lots of efforts that you could have made. Um, and as, as I said before, you could also just have packaged this all together and said, you know, as part of our annual, yep. however much money we spend on social services, you know, this is all going towards that. There was a way to do this to at least kind of suggest that it was working, but no, they 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 threw in the towel on it. Um, cool. And again, that money has gone untouched.
0: Folks, we're going to take a quick break. A lot more Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe right here on the John DePietro show. Jay Perry Paving. Folks, you can depend on J. Perry Paving. They provide high-quality, fair-pricing, exceptional service, over 20 years' experience specializing in commercial paving, residential paving, seal-coating patios, and much more. Call them today for a free quote, 401-732-1730. J. Perry Paving. They are tremendous. They also, how about this, once a month They provide a free paved driveway to a veteran. And remember, whether it's a brand new paving project or just a cracked driveway that needs to be refreshed, call J. Perry Paving for a free quote. It makes a huge difference in your property, in your home, in your driveway or patio. 401 732 1730. J. Perry Paving. 401 732 1730. You can also find them on Facebook. They're terrific. Hey, get that driveway paved. Call and book an appointment now, 401-732-1730 for J. Perry Paving. We're speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, before I talk about the superintendent, new superintendent that they hired in uh, Providence, I, I do get your thought on, you were there. You were there in Chicago. I think years from now, when he's giving some kind of a dinner or doing some big final interview, if he could reverse anything that first half against Kansas, you witnessed. Providence was ahead and beat, and they beat Kansas in the second half, but then lost the game. Who then went on to win the national championship. What was just Dan McGowan's reaction? watching that Kansas ended up being the national title winner.
1: Well I, I should full full disclosure I picked Kansas to win the title so wow. uh, oh, I didn't
0: know that Whoa. yeah
1: and so, so I had a uh, uh, you know my, my friend's brackets I did very well in um, that that being said, no it's it, that's all I could think about especially early in that uh, you know er, er, the in the final four game when they were just beating up on Villanova, I thought, boy, one it would have been so nice to see Providence get another crack at Villanova. Really hard to beat a team three times, you know, in one season. So that I think Providence would have had a little bit of momentum, especially Villanova had some injuries. Um, and you you kind of looked at the teams uh, Kansas played, you know, after, and you thought, boy, you know that, that these were all winnable games, you know, for the Friars. Um, and, and so I, I think you're right. I mean, and I think Coach Cooley. You know, the the hard part about college basketball is especially for a school like Providence, you know, we, we should be very proud of this team for getting to the Sweet Sixteen because it isn't the most common thing in the world. And you know, you could look back at this at the end of your career, if you're Ed Cooley and say, boy, that was actually my closest chance to winning a yes. national or a final getting to a final four. Now, hopefully it's not true. Hopefully, you know, he rebuilds, reloads. And, you know, we, we, we start to look at the Providence Friars the way they looked at them in the seventies and they are constantly winning, but it is no guarantee. You look at the, the big East conference and, you know, every team now has a major high profile coach, uh, you know there, there's all that kind of stuff going on so uh, that's exactly what I was thinking about uh, you know as I watch and especially as I watched Kansas make that comeback in the you know the sem- thought, uh, of the national championship game I thought Providence was clearly a team that could have stuck with a North Carolina obviously we know they could stick with Villanova um, even you know even a Duke who lost in the final four Providence was not significantly worse than any of those teams and so I I was thinking that I'm sure coach Cooley was thinking the same thing
0: you know I'll I'll just share with you I'm willing to bet that years from now you know no one will be there but with if any of the team the players from the Providence team encounter one of the players on the Kansas team believe me I'm willing to bet the Kansas players they know what they were up against oh yeah they know especially in that second half that if Providence had been better prepared, PC the Friars had been better prepared in the first half. That that game could have gone a different way. I'll just the last time I think this came up was was the '73 team. It was Ernie D. It was it was Marvin Barnes. They got to the final four. They routed Maryland. De Gregorio, you know, just blew out Maryland. And if Marvin Barnes had not hurt his knee against Memphis State, they would have faced off against Bill Walton. And UCLA, and and years ago, when I had this very four, memorable four-hour lunch with Marvin Barnes at Twin Oaks, he said because then he became friendly with Walton that uh, Walton had said that they they that was the one team they were afraid of because Marvin Barnes could could match up well against Walton. They had played UCLA that season at Pauley Pavilion in, in um, out in Los Angeles, but Ernie had had the flu That's and right. he really didn't play that well. Yeah. But it wasn't lost on UCLA, and I wanna share one more thing with you. As they were getting ready to play, PC was gonna play UCLA. The UCLA assistant coach brought everybody in, and they had video where Ernie taught Marvin. Every time Marvin would get a rebound, he'd come down sometimes, not all the time, but somebody would swat the ball away. So Ernie DiGregorio, Marvin boards, according to him, told me, he taught him, Marvin, when you get up and you grab that rebound, I want you to release it before you hit the floor. So he would go up, grab the rebound, and boom, put it in play, and it was a fast break. So he told me that Walton, they're at UCLA. The coach says, you guys have to come in and watch this. And they're showing this to Bill Walton, and it's John Wooden. And they had McGowan, they had never seen anything like that before. <laughs> like, watch this guy. sets oh, it out like that. And he said, he said Ernie was the toughest guy. He's the one that taught him. That play and That's forever that would have been the matchup where it would have been because they were routing Memphis State before Marvin hurt his knee. That's right in the, in right. the first half. Well, so, and,
1: and and John, can I just say you need to write a book? Ahead. You need to write a book about your four hours at twelve <laughs> oh my with God. Marvin
0: Bar. That was unreal. You know, I I connected with them when I moved back and started doing this, and obviously, you know, we were a big PC family, but. I was doing this. I, I had this this concept of an interview show at the Odium, and I would be one on one with stage. It was kind of like uh, the the guy that would do the James Golden type of yes, thing. yeah. And um, it didn't pan out exactly the way I wanted. But one of the key people that I thought would be great was Marvin. We had known each other, so I said, "Listen, you know, I had this idea. I want to talk to you." So it was it was a, a Friday. We met at Twin Oaks. We were there from I like twelve. I'm I'm not exaggerating. Twelve thirty to four thirty. <laughs> And he told me all these unbelievable stories. At the end of it, he was he was facing some legal problems. He couldn't agree to do the interview, and then he tragically died that fall. So, but anyhow, so I I, at some point I I I owe you a brew or a lunch, and I'll tell you some (laughs) of the stories. So. Marvin Barnes. When Bill Walton took him to see The Grateful Dead, I will and not be—I
1: these... will not be as interesting as Marvin Barnes. But I would well, love to do I'm that. Still, still like that.
0: And then when he was with the Celtics, and the, the the FBI asked him three questions, and he lied on all three questions. <laughs> so, but he, it, you know, it is such a tragedy. I know I'm way off, but it's, yeah. it's such a tragedy that he he was consumed by some of that stuff because Marvin. Now, per, first of all, part of the Four Hours was anyone that came in wanted a photo with Marvin Right. And also, you know, I should put out an appeal. There are people out there that have photos of me and Marvin with them at Twin Oaks that Friday. And I, I don't have a copy of it. But um, when I won the Associated Press Best Talk Show, and I had this big party at, um, at uh, in right in the Chestnut Street, which is yeah. gone now. But, uh, and my, folk, my folks were alive, and they came, and Governor Kachiri gave him the proclamation. And who comes walking in the door? But Marvin Barnes. And I have a photo of my kids and my father with Marvin Barnes. But anyhow, Fantastic. speaking <laughs> of Providence, Dan McGowan, uh, you wrote a column defending the, the new superintendent. And, you know, he does have an amazing story. But as someone that has covered Providence, to me, it, it's, I mean, am I missing something? Or if you still have the same union contract, that you point out is coming up again for renewal. (laughs) Isn't he dealing with, you know, at least one, if not two hands tied behind his back?
1: Yeah. Two hands tied behind his back and maybe his feet tied as well. I mean, there's no question about, uh, uh, about that. I would say this, I think that uh, it was clear to me having covered the city, the district for a really long time um, that, Uh, The superintendent, Javier Martinez, deserved the, you know, didn't deserve to be in limbo anymore, right? He's been the interim or the acting superintendent for a year. Uh, You know, it it made a lot of sense. I think the thing I was taken aback by yesterday, what made me want to write a column about it was, you know, all these these teachers, especially the teachers, but, but also, you know, you see state lawmakers doing this. All these people who six months ago, three months ago, last week were saying, you got to give the superintendent a chance. You got to get, you know, make it just, just let them lead. Just let him lead. Now everybody's mad because they didn't do a search process, Yeah, uh, you know, that they could have got. And let's be honest about it. The, the, if they had a public, you know, open process, it would have been one last opportunity for a bunch of people to come in and take a you know a, a hot shot at the commissioner, or you know find a way to blame this on Mara Lorza or something, and and it would have just made everybody that same gang of people on Twitter and yeah. you know again insider Democrats at the State House, everybody feels good about themselves, and it means absolutely nothing to the children of Providence, and that's the thing that that kind of uh, you know drove me up the wall a little bit. This guy deserves his chance he deserve you know he, what he needs to do and i wrote this very clearly he needs to now get away from just being kind of the figurehead the cheerleader that makes everybody feel good now it's on him now he needs to you know you're going to be having this conversation relatively soon about another contract it's time for him to be a little bit more than just the good story and time will tell look this is his first major job as a superintendent i do think his experience you know, coming up as a teacher, coming up as a principal. He does understand kind of the needs of the district, I think, in a way that many people do not. Um, I think he can speak with credibility, but what I'd urge him to do is not hide behind, you know, the soundbite. Get out there. Go on, you know, go on your show. Go on the radio. Make your TV rounds. Talk to the newspapers about really what you see and really what you need, because right now, I think a lot of parents who were uh, at one point very excited about a takeover, I think a lot of right. people are still wondering, wait a minute, it's years later, nothing yeah. has really changed. No. And, and what are you going to do about it? I think it's time to start articulating that vision. You want to blame COVID, that's fair, but time to really kind of dig down. You got two years, you know, you're going to be here, whether the next governor is here, whether you know whoever the next governor is, whoever the next commissioner is potentially. Um, he, he's going to be the leader. So he now needs to kind of step up and actually lead.
0: Okay, McGowan, I put you in the 1% as far as knowledgeable of the department of schools. And unless I'm wrong, number one, I think they actually lost several thousand students during the pandemic that for whatever reason, they either went somewhere else, homeschooling, went to other schools. But, but the, the numbers that I had heard for Providence public school students that were on a waiting list for charter schools it can't be as high as I had heard because I had heard this astronomical number that it, is it is it possible that it's even as high as 20,000 kids are on a waiting list for charter schools? I don't think that'd be possible because I think the total population, it was around 25,000. I think it's fallen to like 21,000. Yeah. It,
1: it always fluctuates. The student population in Providence is really interesting because you touch on something people, the, the, uh, students in the population tend to be very transient. So, they hmm. it's not always the same 24, let's say 24, 23,000 kids. It's it, you know, that's not year to year the exact same kids, but they always do kind of settle in and around that number. It is, you're right, a little bit lower right now. I think it's 5 or 21,000. Um, and, and you know, that is a sign of people moving, of people going to homeschool, of people going to either charter or. Um, or a private school, so that is a real thing. Now to the charter point, is high for the number that that I know, but I wouldn't okay. put. But but I will say this: one thing is that there is massive demand. I mean, at mm. least at least five or ten thousand, I would say, wow. um, is is very real. And given the way Providence handles. Um, school registration, which is when, when you sign your kid up for kindergarten and you go to you know the, the school registration center and you're picking your schools, you, this is an angel Tavares thing when he was mayor. you can pick a charter school as your first choice. And so that may be where you start to see oh. um, you know th- those numbers because you do get, I mean if you're a parent and you know even a little bit about your schools and you you know you talk to your friends, and your friend says, "Boy, you know, achievement first. That's the best school. You oh. you're going to check that box, whether you're going to get in or not. And okay. so, and so, those numbers are high. And yeah, that that's it's exactly right. I mean, I think the charter school demand, no matter what it is, is through the roof. There is no question about it. And why is that?" Some of them, not all of them, but some of the charter schools significantly outperform, you right. know, th- this district um, and in most districts in the state, but especially the urban districts like Providence or Central Falls.
0: Okay, McGon, before we take a quick break, I, I, it, it seems to me, at least with Governor McKee, that it's almost they've given up Calabro's won. the union contract stays. Now it's as if, but well, let's just try to get as many charter schools as we can, because we realize that that is broken. It's not gonna be fixed. But let's at least try to educate the kids with these charter schools.
1: Well, you, the, the the tricky thing about Governor McKee is here's a guy who has spent his entire career as you know in politics as this right. chart as this charter school guy, but he's so paralyzed by the politics. Yeah. And his people are still holding out hope that the national AFD name, you know very well, Randy yep. Weingarten, you know, very influential with the Biden administration, certainly within the party, will come through for him because he came through for them. No the, way. The, the challenge with that is, is that you can always find a new excuse not to like yeah. Dan McKee, right? Yes. You, you, you yeah. You got the, you, you did, it's sure. It's not happening. Yeah, you got the oh. union contract done last year, but... You just couldn't get, you know, you're still a charter school fan or you're you've got this going on. So they're holding out hope that that's going to be the case. And that's why I don't think you'll see any significant kind of reform until we get an election. But I, I share your kind of uh,
0: doubts that that will ever happen. Folks, quick break. A lot more. Of the Boston Globe right here. Show. Propane Plus, for heating and cooling, call Propane Plus today in Massachusetts, 508-252-3359. In Rhode Island, Propane Plus number, 401-885-4209. It's the Johnson family. It's Propane Plus, the leading full-service provider of propane to Rhode Island and southeastern Mass. Not only can they install your tank and schedule propane deliveries, but they can service your entire heating, cooling system and install any propane or natural gas appliances, locations in East Greenwich and also in Rehoboth. Remember, Propane Plus is energy for everyone. It's affordable, sustainable, equitable, good for the environment, and also now it's renewable. Online at propaneplus.com. Propane Plus heating and cooling in Massachusetts. Call the Rehoboth office 508-252-3359, and in, Rh- in Rhode Island 401. 401- 885-4209. You can depend on Propane Plus. speaking with Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe. Dan, um, Governor McKee addressed the media. I, I call it kind of, he was the angry man uh, afterwards, and apparently, according to him, some members of the media are not talking about the pandemic situation. We found ourselves with the FBI. It sounds like he kind of found his footing. He uh, felt, you know, kind of lashing out. We were saving lives, and And we were in the middle of this, and some people aren't even reporting that. Uh, Today is Wednesday, and he is attempting to do his first uh, open press availability briefing with uh, Lieutenant Governor Sabina Matos. And it sounds like he's got his talking points. He wants to try to kind of carry on his business as usual. I I have seen other uh, people in this similar situation try this, but I'm just curious your thoughts right now on – Kind of how he, I I took it as like he was lashing out at the media with a a laundry list of all of his accomplishments that he did during the pandemic as he was like saving the state Um, and just kind of to me how he feels at least like he's found his footing on how to deal with this FBI. Well,
1: I will say this. I've never met a politician, Democrat, Republican, independent, who has ever felt like the media covers their good news (laughs) a night, right? right? I mean, this has been everybody's complaint for for, forever, right? It is just naturally how it works. Um, I think the governor is in a particularly strange place because I would say, and uh, guilty as charged, I've been part of this, you know, I think, generally speaking, the Rhode Island press has been very good to both McKee and former governor, you specifically when it comes to, uh, you know, pandemic response. I mean, I think, you know, we, we accepted kind of the, the need for very significant, uh, you know, um, you know, closing the school or closing the schools or reopening schools, all that stuff, mask mandates, you know, really significant restrictions. Um, It was generally accepted as good leadership, um and, and, and so the idea that these guys you know we save lives i mean i think everybody saves lives in the pandemic so yeah y- hey, you
0: the, me- the, the media handed over you know commercial free like, commercial free important. you need to run my press conference for years he, yeah he took advantage of that just as much the answer could have been no right the answer could have said no we're not interrupting that you can you know now it's all on facebook live but I, I found his response like way out of whack with yeah. what reality is. Yeah,
1: I think it's it is out of whack with reality. It will be interesting today, as you know, the first time in a couple of weeks, it's a couple of months actually, that he's doing kind of a open forum kind of yeah. qu- question. And now, I know my understanding is I think they're going to announce the um, uh, the the license plates today. The, the you know the winner of the license plate, and so you know I think he probably thinks this can be kind of light, but. I mean, he's not going to get away with just, you know, having a conversation about the cool license plate that that's coming in. He's going to have to answer ILO questions, the the education consulting contract questions. Um, He's going to have to answer a lot of questions, even things down to, you know, you're going to go right back to Providence schools. When are they going to end their mask mandate? Things like that. Um, He's got a lot of questions to answer. And I think he just, he, he refuses to, Kind of believe that that it is our job in the media to ask like hard questions as opposed to you know how are you feeling governor, yeah, um, and
0: and fair relevant questions absolutely. Um, you know what what uh, Mayor CNC went through and and you know there is obviously been other politicians that have been on the subject of, of an investigation, but what what Cienci went through the problem is is these investigations take different turns. And so you know just as he's about to have what he thinks he like they feel they have their it's shifting sand they think he thinks he has his talking points down but the story will evolve and yes. there will be leaks and there will be people that you know will will come you know forward and say that they they did speak to the FBI or it could lead to a grand jury so the problem is the house isn't like built set on foundation it becomes a moving story and what I remember is just it, it becomes problematic. Like CNC thought he had his talking points down with Dome until the tape emerged of Frank Carrenti taking the bribe for right. Tony Freitas. And then suddenly this business of, I don't know these people, suddenly it didn't work anymore. Yes. And that's, so,
1: and that's where this potentially, now we, we have no idea where this, you know, investigation, especially on the federal side is, you know, is exactly going, but you know, the, the challenge with being so kind of direct and forceful in that, you know, I've done nothing wrong. You guys are going to have to, you know, who's going to apologize to these people? I mean, that's the kind of stuff that he says. What you don't know, Governor, is you don't know what a private text message said, a private, you know, uh, email said. You don't know who potentially, you know, who got recorded or things, any number of those things. And then suddenly your narrative has to change again because then it becomes well, yes, I knew the person, but I clearly didn't know them well enough. And it, it, it becomes, uh, you, you know, you, you have to keep changing your story. So I, I think this is a challenge. I think the long you know the longer this hangs over uh, his head, you know, as a governor under, you know, several investigations, now I think the, the easier it becomes to really chip away. If you're Helena folks and you're, you know, trying to kind of, gain some relevance in the governor's race the easiest way is to go really hard at the sitting governor um it also allows you to kind of avoid having to fight with the other candidates everybody kind of just you know picks on the governor I say picks on you know that may be fair but it is that, that is what it is uh you know everyone kind of have the same target right now and uh that pressure is just going to increase more and more on the governor i would be surprised if you see him have a lot more of these free flowing kind of weekly press conferences as we head, you know, truly into election season.
0: Is Eva McHugh so going to be at the press conference?
1: I think she should be, you know how I feel about this. (laughs) I think she she should be the voice of the administration, but I I don't know. Maybe she will be, maybe she'll be the one introducing the, uh, uh, the the, the license plates.
0: (laughs) Dan McGowan, um, speaking of Helena folks, do, I, do we have any reason to believe yet that this campaign is, is gaining any type of ground or momentum?
1: You know, it, it feels like it goes dark forever, and yeah. we, you and I have these conversations. And then, you know, we're in a, about a month, a little less than a month, there'll be a new fundraising quarter. And what we'll see is she raised hundreds of thousands of dollars and maybe loaned herself more money. And we'll start to say, boy, she's she's got so much money. She's serious. But to your point, we haven't seen her you know emerge in any way as a particularly significant candidate and you know she she she's tried to she had a big education policy rollout but nothing has really stuck so far and i think what they're betting on is they're betting on nobody else's sticking right now either and they hope that they can kind of you know you basically if you can buy up all the airtime in commercials that's really going to help. You will see her. I mean, by, by the end of this campaign, I think that Helena folks will have a you know near universal name recognition, but right now she's got zero. Uh, and, yeah. and so and so it's very interesting to watch.
0: I saw uh, Matt Brown did a, a quick, whatever they call it, community-focused thing with Kim Coluni and your former colleague at WPRI. And uh, first of all, at least we're seeing him, but uh, nothing really substantial. He seems to be it seems to me, to me that I saw it, the same message of which was his initial video. You know, the state house is corrupt. We need to kick all these people out. We need fundamental change. Um, I, I, if, if, you know, credit for being on message, but I, I just don't know if he's at the end of the, like, is he really saying anything other than just repeating that?
1: Yeah, and, and who are you expanding your, your yeah. voice to? Because right now, I mean, he's a fan, like his fan base is, you know, the 50 people on Twitter who are, right. you know, who are like identified socialists.
0: Right. Who are that, sleeping out at the state house.
1: That's, that's right. Base. Yeah. And they're, they're loud and they're, yeah. you know, and they're aggressive and they do knock doors, all those things. But he has not been able to in any way, you know, expand beyond that. And, and his message is, is almost too vague to be able to, uh, to do that. Right now, again, every target is at Dan McKee. And that's fine, except that it doesn't get anyone else to kind of know who you are.
0: Yes, I agree with that. And, Dan McGowan, before I'm going to ask you to give everyone out the instructions how they can get roadmap, I don't know if you caught Sean Penn was on with Sean Hannity last night. And he actually kind of hit something that also drew me in. And I I freely admit it would be completely unfair for me to approach these races and comparing any of the people running to President Zelensky. What Sean Ped said is really what drew me in, and that is when when the power of one person to provide courage and inspiration, and and it like the effect it can have. And I'm just big. Just I want you to know. in the but I'm just big on like when when you meet someone that has it, you can really tell. And one thing I'll say, Buddy Cianci had it. Absolutely, he was the leader. He had some other problems. But he was a leader when Don Kachiri came in, he had leadership abilities. Governor Gina Raimondo had leadership abilities. What I view right now, and let me tell you, Zelensky has leadership abilities. Right, he's got he to motivate yeah. an entire country and get the world around you. that We will not surrender. We're going to fight for our freedom and democracy. That is you, you just you, you, you to me, you can't teach that. He has met the moment. I don't see those types of leaders in our area. But um, but the Sean Penn interview, it's too bad Hannity talked talk too much. I wish I could interview Sean Penn <laughs> because he really put his finger on it. That's what – I want you to know what struck me the most was he – all those people that I was interviewing coming out of Ukraine, they he was the one that got them, like, we're going to yeah. fight through this and win. And that is not easy. And you can't –
1: you couldn't – I mean, what would the, 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 the American comparison in – like contemporary times, maybe Rudy Giuliani after 9-11. Maybe,
0: some, yeah. may,
1: but may. I mean, maybe not even, you know, no. the, I think it's really hard and you're right. You do know, you know, you do know when these guys have it. Now, you know, we don't, thankfully, <laughs> none of our candidates for governor are going to lead Rhode Island huh. to war. No. Um, <laughs> but you, 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 that it factor, uh, yeah. that, and you, you just said it, you know, a lot of your listeners may not agree with this, when Gina Raimondo was kind of coming oh, yeah. up, you met her, you knew she, you knew yes. at the very least she was the smartest person in the room, even if you didn't yeah. agree. with her. Yep. Um, and, and, and what we don't, we don't see that many of these candidates, and by the way no. of any candidate in the state of Rhode Island, right now, you're not seeing this in the mayor's race. You're not seeing this anywhere in the state at this point. No,
0: no. And I'll come back to just quickly. It's, it's kind of like how they pick the foreman and the jury. If 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 Gina Raimondo was serving on a jury, she'd be selected as the foreman. If Donald Trump was serving on a jury, yep. he'd be selected as as yep. the foreman. There's just something. If Barack Obama, there's something about that. John DePietro
1: also. Well, maybe
0: <laughs> I, I, I'd like to think so, but but the Sean Penn interview was worth seeing. Now, folks, even when I was overseas, and I, I would still read Roadmap and Dan McGowan. Right now, folks, I just want you to listen. It's easy to remember. It arrives in your inbox. I I value this as a tool that every day helps me plan out my day.
1: Well, thank you for that, John. One, it is good to have you back safe stateside. And now you get to read roadmap in the morning as opposed to for lunch. Um, So for everyone out there, very simple. And John described it very well. It's a quick digest. I'm gonna have something new there every day. You're gonna get to read my column. You're gonna get to see all the stuff that my great colleagues at the globe are working on. Then you get a kind of a rundown. The governor's got a press conference today. You know, here's what's playing at PPAC tonight. Very simple. Most importantly, very free. Uh, send me a blank email. You don't have to do anything other than send a blank email to rinews at globe.com. I'll know what it is, rinews at And you'll start getting it first thing tomorrow morning.
0: Dan McGowan, great job. Stay safe and we'll talk to you again. Welcome back, John. Thanks. Thank you, Dan. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone and call West Fountain Auto Body today, 401-272-3340. Were you in an auto accident, someone damaged your vehicle? Folks, it can happen, whether it's people not paying attention, a drunk driver, people texting and driving. If you're ever in an accident, pick up the phone, call West Fountain Auto Body, 401 272 401-272-3340. They are located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. Remember, with West Fountain Autobody, they're going to work for you, not the insurance company. Call them today. If you were in an accident, drunk driver, someone texting and driving, minor fender banner, even a nearly totaled vehicle, call West Fountain Autobody today 401 272 3340. They'll handle everything for you the original, the best, and If you're in an accident and a tow truck pulls up, tell them, bring that car over to West Fountain Auto Body, 401-272-3340, 401-272-3340, West Fountain Auto Body, located 400 West Fountain Street in Providence. They'll work for you, not the insurance company. If you're in an accident, call West Fountain today. Get it repaired, 401-272-3340. You're listening to The John DePietro Show on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Folks, remember, you can always listen online at our website, depetro.com. Check out the website, depetro.com. We have original, unique, exclusive stories, videos, content, all our links to social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. It's all right there, and that's also the best way to reach me. Log on at the website, depietro.com, Depetro.com. Dipetro.com. Portion Of the program brought to you by the Cohesit Inn. Check them out on the website, DePetro.com. The Cohesit or an island tradition since 1977, located 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick, whether it's lunch or dinner or drinks in the lounge, whether a nice dinner or even just appetizers. There's always a great crowd. You can link directly to them, and gift certificates are available. The Cohesit Inn, 226 Cohesit Avenue in West Warwick. Others' disposal call brothers disposal today get a purple dumpster for your driveway how do you know it's brothers disposal because it's a purple dumpster look for them on facebook and give them a call for an estimate 401-688-0517 get a dumpster in your driveway maybe you're cleaning out your basement your garage, unwanted belongings. Maybe you just have some things in boxes that you've never taken out. Clean it out with Brother's Disposal. They're also now offering weekly trash collection services. Call Brother Roland today at Brother's Disposal, 401-688-0517. Whether it's a small household construction project or you just need a dumpster to get rid of some unwanted belongings, call Brother's Disposal today. Come on, brother. Call Brother's Disposal, 401 401- 6880517. Look for them on Facebook, Brothers Disposal. Get a dumpster in your driveway, 401 517